This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, after a few episodes off, Dustin Baker of the Viking Age is back on the show today. Welcome back, Dustin. And I was going to open with a different question, but I've just been scrolling on Twitter before we started. And I couldn't help but see the thousands and thousands of videos posted of Stefan Diggs being the only one left on the field as the Kansas City Chiefs celebrated their AFC Championship win. So how much is that video and photo going to be blown out of proportion on Monday? Well, I didn't see that at all. So was he yeah. like being sentimental or what? He what was just was standing the... there, standing there watching. You know, he's got the hands on the hips, helmet oh, still okay. on, yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. That, I don't have a problem with that. That seems like... No, uh, no. That seems like sentimental and, you know, determination type of thing. Oh, for sure. um, yeah, for sure. He did have a little flip out session, which I, I found comical. Oh, uh, I did see that. Yes, I did. Yeah, see. but we know him. He's fiery and that's his brand. Uh, I did take issue last week and this was like an internal strife that we had on Vikings Twitter. Uh, it was a cordial one, which was it was nice uh, <laughs> when he after the game had his post game press conference and like, you know, was the best of friends with Josh Allen and mm-hmm. and uh you know, they play video games and maybe Kirk <laughs> didn't do that. And that's why they didn't have chemistry. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the the pro digs people or the why did we trade digs people uh, just gushed over how good of a leader he is. And I get that a man can mature mm-hmm. and become, you know, a show stopping talent plus a leader. Uh, but he d- wasn't without fault with the Vikings um, mm-hmm. when he skipped practice or was MIA for a day or two. That is not what a leader does. I don't care how you dice. I don't care who else was guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that we have erased that, and because the Vikings were allegedly foolish for getting rid of him, therefore now Diggs is this you know LeBron-like leader out in Buffalo, I don't get it. Uh, I, enjoy, I love the fact that he's fiery with the, the Vikings and out the Bills and that he pumped guys up on the sidelines. But to rewrite this Vikings history as to we let go of like this Christ-like product, I, I don't much. understand it. I, I don't get it because he he 
wasn't like this perfect locker room guy that people think that he is with the Bills. Uh, but I am overall, I love it. I love that we have Justin Jefferson, who is uh, just he's going to be 22 years old for pretty good. year, year two. Pretty good. He's affordable for four more years, and uh, it worked out well for everybody. But I, I do yeah. not understand the sentiment of Diggs can do no wrong. Yeah, um, not to say he wasn't a leader with the Vikings because he was. He was that same what? emotional mm-hmm. fire leader. But yeah, at times it, you can get it carried away, and it can turn into you know a problem. Um, and it was. It, it made the Minnesota media stand still for about three days. And all we talked about, all we thought about, is Diggs going to come back? Is he going to be traded? Uh-huh. And you can say... And, uh, and he's, water like, und- he's like, what? what's the problem? You guys created all this. <laughs> yeah, you could you say water this. under the bridge and that we won however many straight afterward and we made the playoffs beat the Saints. Yeah, yeah. but normally it doesn't go like that. Normally yeah. you have that Anto- Antonio Brown type garbage mm-hmm. where they become a headache. And it's it shocked me. Not at all when he was traded, uh, you know, especially after I warmed up to the idea uh, that it was probably going to happen, you know, with all the cryptic tweeting, because you don't know when that's going to happen again. And that's the problem um, when you when you mess up that uh, the past is an indicator of the future. And thankfully, it looks like he's not doing that again. We don't know because he hasn't really had a down streak in Buffalo. But yeah, it can happen again. And it's it's. Everything is not forgiven just because a guy starts to win some ball games. There's always going to be that uh, that behavior in his arsenal, and maybe it's gone. Maybe he's developed. Maybe he learned from it. Maybe he'll never leave his team again. But he did for the Vikings, and as a byproduct of it, he doesn't play for the Vikings anymore. Yeah, listen, he's a he's a good player. He was an All Pro this year, so obviously he's talented. But I feel like some of the most talented receivers are also some of the hardest people to deal with because you look yeah. at you know. Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Chad Johnson, all those guys, like they're all mm-hmm. on multiple teams for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Because at some point, you know, that gets exhausting. It doesn't matter how good your numbers are. You know, at a point you're like, all right, we just need to move on from this guy and get him out of here because it's more more toxic than anything. Mm-hmm. And, and he's just, just not there yet, and hopefully he doesn't have to get there. Yeah, just got to that point. Did you see, um, it was before the game, the report that came out about how the Patriots were one of the final two yeah. teams mm-hmm. to trade for Diggs. Um, and they had the Vikings actually called them when the Bills made their offer to see if they wanted to match it or give them anything better, and they decided to pass. Yeah. Um, if that happens, do you think Tom Brady stays with the Patriots? Ooh, that's uh, like a butterfly effect. A bu- bu- butterfly yeah, effect look at, yeah, look at today's championship games. Like, yeah. Look how much that would have affected everything today. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the timeline. It seemed like Brady gave his quasi goodbye I, post. I saw it today. It was Diggs got traded on the 16th, and yeah. then on the 17th, Brady said goodbye. <laughs> maybe so, that was, maybe so, that was so basically, the, he was probably like, oh, all right. It was the straw that broke the camel's back that they refused to get uh, Diggs, and so he was gone. And oh, well, by the way, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the Super Bowl. He's, yeah. He's, a, he's doing all right. Um, yeah, so I was just wondering if you thought. Brady would have stayed because I know you enjoy yourself and Tom Tom Brady. Yeah, I do. I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Uh, indeed, I I do. If I had to pick a favorite non Viking player, perhaps ever, it would probably be Brady. How could you like Tom Brady? He's so he's so good. God. Um, but yeah, speaking of you know about that game that Tom Brady was involved in, um, the Green Bay Packers are now one and three in the in NFC Championship games with Aaron Rodgers. As their quarterback, one uh, and the, four. The one and four. Yep. Today Are was their sure? fourth. Stri- today was their fourth straight NFC. Oh, you're right. Lost. You're right. You're right. I, I was looking at stats, and obviously they haven't been updated today. Yep. So yes, mm-hmm. one and four. 
So even better. And he wasn't um, even in the uh, NFC Championship game against the Bears. He wasn't even that good. He had two picks, no right. interceptions. Right. And yeah, um, go figure. Football's a team game. <laughs> so, so the Packers are one and four with Rodgers as you know the Almighty Rodgers as their quarterback. You know, after losing today to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on their home field. Um, so you know, looking ahead to you know tomorrow Monday, what do you think will be the biggest overreaction to? The Packers' latest NFC title game loss with Rodgers as their starter. It depends on how broad or global you want to get. I think that we'll touch on in a few minutes his press conference. Um, But in the immediacy in kind of our our local market, if you will, in uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, it's that Brady versus Rodgers thing. Um, They've never really had like a personal rivalry. It was kind of like uh, Kobe and LeBron. We always think that they were rivals, but they hardly ever played each other. But there's always been Brady versus Rodgers in the media or, you know, in stat land. Mm -hmm. And I, I cannot for the life of me figure out why that's even still a question. So my my ardor for Brady was born out of uh, Manning versus Brady because even in my early 20s, I'd watch these games and try to figure out how on earth can you guys subscribe to this Manning guy when year after year they go 13 and 13 and they collapse. Okay, and yeah. Brady, Brady gets a lot further with a lot less. And so I, that's how I started to gravitate toward Brady was defending him because I could never see the logic in endorsing Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. And I mean, now I think that's an afterthought. There might be some birthers still out there that say that Manning was a better quarterback. But here we are again with Rodgers and Brady. I already saw people backpedaling. Um, even a confidant on Twitter said that Brady played horrendous. And what? I don't quite get it. Uh, these were two phenomenal teams that were matched up. Brady yeah. threw three touchdown passes, two, got themselves to a lead, and then indeed threw some interceptions. And that's not good, but you're also playing against a team that was you know, the number one seed. And mm-hmm. I, ca- I cannot understand the term horrendous uh, because horrendous is like how you describe you know, Robert Trubisky would play an NFC mm-hmm. championship game mm-hmm. or something. So um, <clears throat> I think the overreaction is you'll have the justification cycle of like, well, Rogers didn't quite do it because of this. But all in all, Tom Brady has been to 10 Super Bowls and Rogers has been to one. Ten. Do we really think it's this giant coincidence that nine other times Rogers keeps getting screwed? No, Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Rogers is. And Brady always did it in uh, New England with these dudes that would be average. Like imagine Julian Edelman or Chris mm-hmm. Hogan on the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they would get like 700 yards and four touchdowns, and we'd be like, "Oh yeah, this guy would be good if he Maybe. had a Brady." Yeah, and so uh, we have this—not uh, certainly not us Vikings fans—but there is a tendency for every year it goes wrong for the Packers. We say, "Oh well, it was the defense wasn't any good. Oh, he doesn't have a running back." Oh, Devontae Adams, Adams isn't quite enough. Oh, he needs a new head coach. Every year there's something new. And so I'm curious to see what it is this time. It's probably that Adams can't do it all himself, and therefore you know, they need another wide receiver. But we can't keep making excuses for why this team isn't going further and winning a Super Bowl. They've lost four straight NFC championships, and I don't know. It feels like something might change, and I think we'll get into that when we talk about his press conference. Maybe not this year, but that press conference was something. Yeah, he he said, you know, he didn't he didn't know about his future. Um just, you know, commenting about after after today, today's loss, you know, what what his career looks like, you know, moving on. And you know, I looked ahead to see, you know, what what they could do in in 2021. It doesn't look like they're pro- they'll probably make a move um away from Rodgers next season, but 2022 there's a there's a very good chance. So, my question to you is Aaron Rodgers the Packers starting quarterback in 2022? I thought he 
they would explore something right now. So, you know, in these coming months, because I, I didn't think it would. Yeah, I didn't think, think he'd go out and win an MVP. Right. Uh, and he's going to. I think it relieves them. It relieves like six million in cap space, okay. and then they have like thirty million in dead money. So I, yeah. I mean, let's I face highly it, they doubt they're going to do something. Let's face it; they'd be silly to say. I mean, I don't he know. Just, if, yeah, he just threw 40, 48 touchdowns, forty nine. <laughs> yeah, I thought that perhaps the mutual split around this time before the MVP season. I thought that would be Packers driven because they. Uh, you know, drafted Jordan Love mm-hmm. and Rodgers. I, I really thought that the Packers would go about 10 and 6 this year, 11 and 5, and then lose in the divisional round, blah, blah, blah. But they played a lot better than that, and my hats off to them. Uh, but today, in his words, that was a melancholy man. And it might have been just the immediate dejection of losing again yeah. in the NFC Championship, or that could be dog whistling, you know, to his fans or the organization. He knows what's coming. Yeah, like I don't want to be here anymore, or I know the writing on the wall that they actually are going to go to this love guy. Uh, and I've I long thought that he would go to see uh, hang out with Gruden in Las Vegas, mm. and I'll stand by that. Maybe not uh, in the coming months, but I think we have seen that quarterbacks now between Breeze and Brady can play somewhat well in Breeze's case and damn well in Brady's until they're 42, 43. So yeah, yeah. he's got he, Rogers is my age, so I, I mean I know how his body feels. Uh, he's got uh, football left in him, um, so I would say. The Las Vegas Raiders, probably too bold. Yeah, probably too bold to say it's going to happen this time. But I tell you what, that that press conference uh, to me felt like more than just piss offedness about losing the NFC Championship. It felt like I don't know what they're going to do next. I don't know what I'm going to do next. It felt like you know Favre did all those years. Yeah. Like oh no, who knows what I'm going to do next? I mean, they did he, every <laughs> year. He did that. I, and like I bet that you. I bet you the Packers fans' eyeballs rolled to their back of their head when they saw that press conference mm-hmm. because, for Christ's sake, he just came off the best year, second best year of his career, and it felt feels like they're onto something. But you know, you should have drafted Justin Jefferson, is what I have to say to that. Yeah, I was going to say like, how about you just draft some guys for him? You know, that play. Did you see the tweet? I think I retweeted it. That the only player that they drafted at all last April was AJ the only player to play in a game. Uh, that was drafted from the last draft was A.J. Dillon. None of the other players at all from any round played a single snap of football. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? I mean... Rick Spielman would, would be like, you can fire me for that. Yeah, they, they the Packers people will probably tell you that they're just so damn deep at every spot, but uh, I couldn't believe it. I had to make sure the dude that hmm. tweeted it knew what he was talking about. Wow. That's that's kind of comical. Um and then also, also the sentiment about uh, will he or won't he on Rodgers. Uh, somebody implied that Rodgers has an opt-out, and I didn't do my homework on that before the show. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about that. So Because that would thicken the plot. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. If he, if he wanted to go elsewhere. Yeah. and He uh, saw he saw with his own two, two eyes uh, what, what, how, how it worked for Brady, and you know maybe he's disenchanted with uh, Cheeseville and wants to try something <laughs> new. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't remember um, seeing that when I was looking over his contract. Let me see if I can find something real quick. Uh, I'd also uh, like to say while you're looking that up that if he did go to the Raiders, all of the grievances I have with him would be erased. I would no longer sit there and <laughs> wish the Raiders would lose. Uh, the, the ill feelings that I have toward him are just ones that he's too damn good and he plays for the Packers. So if he got a fresh start somewhere, uh, most of my Rodgers uh, venom would uh, go away. Yeah, I don't see anything about an opt-out, so... No? Okay, that person must have been tripping. <laughs> Maybe they're right. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. But according to SpotRack um, or SpotRack, whatever, how you say okay. it. Okay. Um, nothing on there. 
Um, so Rogers, and then let's so talk about. What do you about, think? Uh, what, what do, do think? I think? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, what number is he gonna wear? Um, for the Vikings. <laughs> um, so now, I feel like that's inevitable. Um, but because uh, you know, he'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna get revenge on on the Packers. Be just like Brett Favre." Um, that would be just, you know, too coincidental. Yeah. Um, uh, the way the 49ers quarterback situation is. I can see that happening because he's from that area. Yeah. Oh, not I got that, so, not I that got, area. He's from California. The, the hilarious thing is, and you, you'll probably feel this in your bones, that uh, every time those two teams lock up for like the last eight or nine years, it's They're billed. They're both as, 49ers fans. It's, it's billed at this huge vengeance game, like you know, putting the Niners on notice because they didn't draft him 15 years ago. And yeah. every time the Niners win. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'm always like, yeah, keep saying it. I don't care. It never works. Yeah, I could see them. Maybe even um, the Rams, because I think Jared Goff's probably, uh, his time might actually be done already in L.A. And could you imagine Rodgers in a Sean McVay offense? Ooh, man, that would be spooky. What what what's to, what's to be said about these quarterbacks that snatch the world by the you-know-what, and then they just fall from grace? Like, not, I mean, Goff doesn't suck, but he's pedestrian. In right. 2018, especially against us, he looked like, you know, Dan Marino. I think teams just I think teams just figure them figure out. out, and then you know for as much as offenses we say you know they get better each year, so do defenses. I mean they yeah. gotta they gotta figure out what's going on. Yeah, know. but I mean like with Carson Wentz, and I mean it's those two guys from the twenty sixteen. Yeah, draft. And, the, and they those years that they're good, things could just fall their way sometimes. You know, yeah. like everything sets in their place. I feel like Jared Goff's best years were when he had Todd Gurley on the team yeah. so there was that that threat of you know teams worrying about him more than they were about golf and once once he left and they're like okay we're just gonna make you know you throw the whole time yeah Gurley in retrospect now what is he probably 28 29 something like that when i look back he he is severely underrated I, I, it's not that he was yeah. ever you know slept on like especially for fantasy or anything right. Uh, but every time I go pull a stat metric, you know what I my my weird hobbies it's Gurley for for touchdowns. Every time I pull it, I'm just like, all right, let's see most touchdowns in the last five six years, and it's always by a mile, Todd Gurley. Yep. And so I think that I personally underappreciated what he was doing um, with the Rams. So he's 26. 26. Yeah. God, I had him pegged as near the end. How old is Dalvin? See, Dalvin's is 25. Dalvin I know 25? that. So yeah, basically they're. Uh, well, I bet you. I bet you Gurley's about to turn 27, and like Dalvin's going to turn 26. Dalvin's 25. Yeah, Dalvin will be 25 in August, and, and Gurley will be 27 in August. So. Yeah, well, Dalvin looks a lot fresher, that's for sure, at least uh, with the one-year jump that he has on him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they both you know, had knee issues in the past, but I yeah. feel like uh, Gurley's knees are a little worse off. Uh, but sticking in the NFC North, another quarterback um, was in the, you know, Rumor mill or report mail, whatever you want to call it, this weekend. And that was, uh, you know, that the Detroit Lions and their psycho new head coach, Dan Campbell, are uh, listening to trade offers for Matthew Stafford. I think a lot of us saw this coming, though. But um, in, in week one, looking ahead to next season, what team is Matthew Stafford playing for? Well, I have a short list. Um, and I, yeah, I think a lot, I, not that I'm Nostradamus, but that one I did call. And I get a lot of stuff wrong, but I did get that one right. From Patricia's firing yeah. to Stafford's exodus, I didn't know if it'd be a trade or if they'd swallow a bunch of cap or whatever. But I called that back in like July, and uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit because Stafford should. We, I think you and I even talked about it on one of these shows. 
he shouldn't have the patience for a rebuild. Um, he's Kirk Cousins' age. So yeah. however you feel about Kirk Cousins as the quarterback in his career, like at the point that he's in right now, same thing for Stafford. It's just that Stafford has like six full, full more seasons under his belt because he started when he was a youngin. Uh, so my short, my short list. Uh, God, if Elway was still in charge and not our guy, uh, how do you is it is it Patone? Peyton? Peyton. This is George. George Payton. Yeah. Payton liked the quarterback. Yeah, if Elway was in charge, I'd say that Elway would probably be near the top of my list for the Broncos. I should say um, because they have, the, they have the number nine pick, I think. So yeah, and I, Drew Locke, he regressed. Yeah, and I thought he'd take a lot bigger step, and I don't know. Like if they're going to give him one more shot, he's uh, only been there for what two years. Yeah, yeah, but he so. looked good in the last month and a half of his rookie year, and then this year, most mm-hmm. of the time, he looked like crap. And I don't know. Normal when I was a kid, that didn't matter. You went with the guy for t- two and three more years yes. after that speaking, until he figured it out. Speaking of Elway, he was terrible in the first <laughs> couple years of his career. Yeah, so. and I th- I, I, maybe he remembers that. But yeah. so Peyton will have a decision to make there: should he start young or stick with Drew Locke? Uh, but I think Stafford could do wonderful there with Gosh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Judy. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the next one is San Francisco. I think when Pelissero, however you say his name, mm-hmm. uh, when he broke this news it that was the first name that uh showed up in the tweet the niners had been calling and i think the niners all they really need is a competent healthy passer and they'll get right back into the thick of the playoff race so that's a healthy team (laughs) yeah yeah they got ravaged probably worse than we did for injuries yeah Uh, so niners number three and these are in order uh number two the colts uh we saw what rivers could do um and he actually was pretty average to decent uh, he can't throw the ball very far anymore, and it doesn't matter because he retired. Uh, but if they don't do the Wentz thing that everybody thinks might happen, reuniting Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, Stafford, that would be terrific. They, for they them. have a lot of cap space. They have like yeah, oh million. gosh, yeah. And assuming they could uh, keep that defense together, at least yep. chemistry-wise and personnel-wise, we saw how good it was <laughs> firsthand in Week 2, and then in um, the playoff, they, they played decent against the Bills. So I think that would be a, a wonderful spot for him would be the Colts um, with Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton, and then they got Pascal and the other young mm-hmm. wide receiver. Uh, so that one, but I think it's going to be the Patriots. Mm. I, I don't think Belichick getting in you know long in the tooth. I don't know that he has the time to groom another quarterback. I don't know how long he wants to coach, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think Cam Newton was the answer. <laughs> one thing that we give a complete pass to Newton for is he started 15 games and he threw eight touchdown passes. Mm, and most of us, good. most of us thought, you know, Cam, he looks pretty decent. Maybe he'll get him some help. Uh, but eight touchdowns and 15 passes, no matter who's out there is inexcusable, inexcusable. And to make, again, it makes like what Brady did there look, you know, legendary, even more so than it already is. Uh, so I think that because he has a, pipeline to Detroit, um, at least with uh, you know how he knew Patricia before. Uh, I think he probably still has contacts there, and it makes too much sense for Belichick to make one last push uh, with a guy who's 32 years old, who presumably has you know five years left of his of you know pretty elite play from his you know personal repertoire mm-hmm. with Stafford. So if I'm going to predict it, I'm going to say Stafford to the Patriots. Um, would you give up a first round pick for Stafford? Oh no! I didn't even think that would be in play. I thought it would be. Is that really in play? A first? I'm just thinking, like, is it? Oh, if, if that's what well, the Lions are are looking for. Well, God, usually for the Patriots, those are like number thirty-one. <laughs> and well, you say, it's, yeah, what? It's fifteen this year for the Patriots. Fifteen, yeah. Usually for the Patriots, when it's that uh, deep, in, you say, yeah, who cares? They'll figure it out. 
But that doesn't seem to work anymore, at least uh, emotionally, with Brady gone. No, I would not give up a 15 for Stafford. Uh, I'd try to, if I was general manager, try to do a second, a third, and then if you have something juicy on your roster already. See, what I think is going to happen is the Lions are going to ask for too much because it's the Lions. Yeah. And they don't really know how to do anything. And then he's going to end up just being cut, and then he can just sign with whoever he wants. <laughs> yeah, that would be completely because bundling it. I think, it, yeah, I'm looking at it now, it relieves like, they can create 14 million in cap space whether they trade him or release him. So yeah. it, does, it doesn't matter which which route they take. I should um, rephrase. Um, assuming that I'm not the general manager because I'm not trading the 15th overall pick for Stafford on a four or five year contract is probably worth it uh, because he's got, you, he's got two years left. I mean, team. you get a commitment for him to extend or you yep, go ahead and yep, just yep, extend yep. it. Uh, because there's this tendency by every general manager that's ever walked the face of the earth that thinks, ooh, I'm going to get a first-round pick because I'm the guy that's going to get it right. And half the time or less, half the time or more, you don't get it right, right. Uh, because that's just the nature of the beast. So, uh, God, if I was going to be doing this in a simulation or a video game, I would say, yeah, I'll give up the 15th pick because with Stafford, we know what we're getting. We're going to get 25, to th- almost like a st- cousin stat line. You're going to get 4,000 yards, 25, 30 touchdowns, and then we're going to fortify this roster with deep dudes around him like the Lions could not do. So uh, in the way that general managers usually do things, no, you would not give a uh, 15th overall pick. But when it gets down to nuts and bolts and common sense, then, yeah, it probably would make sense. Yeah, I think a lot of these teams are probably better off going for Deshaun Watson yeah. um, than, than uh, Stafford. But, I mean, Watson apparently just... Yeah, I think he has a no trade clause, and he can basically just pick whoever, wherever he wants to go. Yeah, and he wants to go to the Jets or the Dolphins. I mean, who's I mean, who's Adam. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Adam Gase is not with the Jets anymore. Uh, at the same time, I would not go to that franchise because just has the ownership is still there, so um, still the same problems. And then with the Dolphins, yeah, it's just it's weird. Why would he go there? Uh, or why would they? They just invested in Tua, and they're just yeah. going to give up on him after what a year. Yeah, and it's not like a Kingsbury thing where you're wiped everybody out and you bring in your own people and you say, I want to get rid of Rosen. This, yeah. is, this is the same guy who presumably was in the mix for drafting Tua, who we've seen like all of nine games from. Uh, so, yeah. And le- I, but then you have to look at it like if Watson says, you know, like a dartboard like Brady did with Tampa Bay, like yeah. I want to go to them. And he does that to Miami and says, like, that's the team I want to play for. Well, who the are you to tell him no? I do think the Dolphins need a new offensive coordinator, so that could play into things if he's yeah. allowed to like pick his own guy or whatever so who do you think that the uh texans will hire do you think it'll be the enemy coach yeah. um now they have to wait don't they <laughs> well it's between him and leslie it's apparently between him and leslie frazier so leslie yeah. frazier is free now yeah so and i read it doesn't matter sean watson said it, it doesn't matter who they hire he's he's just done he doesn't oh care. okay i haven't seen that part either yeah so he doesn't care who they hire anymore he's just he's ready to get out of there which i don't which i don't blame him um, but they speaking of him, really, I actually, really yeah, pissed him I, off. I just had like a, a side note. I know this is a Vikings podcast and we've barely talked about the Vikings, but there isn't a whole lot going on. Yeah. Um, but I, I had this idea and I'm working on, on something where the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson, just straight up, straight up <laughs> Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. They figure out the cap stuff, whatever they can, they can do it. These teams are capable of figuring all this stuff out. What do you think about that? Is that your brainchild, or you've heard that? No, I I haven't seen that anywhere. And that's just me sitting there being like, 
Sean Watson, he's what, like four or five young, years younger than Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson's like yeah. 33. I think he's cousin's age, too. Yeah. He's, he, was, he came in the league in 2012, and he was like yeah, no, so five years like, senior. Uh, seven years older. Yeah. So I'm looking at that, and I'm like, why not? Like, yeah, I, 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 know, I know Russell Wilson's like a god with the Seahawks or whatever, but if you have the opportunity, opportunity to pretty much get someone who is the same caliber of quarterback – if not, maybe better, mm-hmm. and you can get younger. I mean, yeah, I would assuredly do that just based on the yeah. trajectory. And uh, you know, you just you, you re- it's like what we did with Jefferson and Diggs. How's that for Vikings talk? Right. You're resetting the clock. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, I would take well in a one game situation. I'd be taking Russell Wilson. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but for six extra years or seven extra seasons, of course, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Um, no doubt. Yeah, Russell Wilson is 32. Yep, Kirk's age. And Deshaun Watson is twenty five. So yeah. you get yeah, you get seven seven year difference and you pretty much have the same caliber of quarterback right now. Yeah. And their yep. their their contracts are, are similar. I'm sure there's there's certain things and I, I don't know if Russell Wilson has a no trade clause or not. Um and I don't know if Deshaun Watson would be willing to let his go to go to Seattle, but I imagine he would because the Seahawks are known being a very good franchise. What would you if you were if you were Spielman, what would you give to the Texans to get Watson? The most you would give. Um well the, yeah, are we talking I'm trying to think cuz like if, if that pipeline's Kirk, open, are we talking Kirk Cousins is he still has the same contract, right? Yeah, Cousins has to be a part of the deal. I mean just for money-wise, he has to go. Yeah, somewhere. I just don't know if a team wants Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so it's yeah. hard to it's hard to figure out a like a possible trade scenario for that because I just don't think a team like the Texans, if you're getting rid of someone like Deshaun Watson, you want to probably start over and get you know a rookie, yeah, instead of and then instead of paying a lot of money for someone like Kirk Cousins, and if they get a veteran quarterback, it'd probably be a free agent like a Fitzpatrick or whatever that yeah. they can have for a year who's not going to be thirty million a year. So I just well, then, I struggled. Then, <laughs> I just struggled to find. A then reason pretend why. it's like a okay. three. It's a threesome. You're you're gonna take uh, Kirk and send him to San Francisco. Uh, okay. But, okay. So what are what are you willing to part from the Vikings crop of draft picks and then Kirk or superstars or stars in general players? Uh, who are you willing to, ec- uh, you know, jettison from the Vikings roster? A first and Harrison Smith. First and Harrison Smith. Yeah. And Cousins. Yeah, I guess he's part of the deal, the three the three team deal. He goes to the Niners. Okay, I think I because I believe in uh, Watson and you know how much he or has even throw left. a feeling throw a feeling in there. I don't care. <laughs> he's he's getting old. Like I know he had what fourteen touchdowns last year, but yeah, he's getting old. I wouldn't uh, part ways with Hunter um, no, unless no. you know unless it was he's too like young. that that he's- and maybe a first. Uh, but just because I love Hunter so much and, you know, uh, edge rushers are so valuable. But I would do probably a Cousins and two firsts, this one and next one. Next year. And, and then that would, if that could get us, theoretically, my goodness, 12 to 15 years of Watson. Uh, and we'll just hope one of those years we strike gold with some balance on the roster. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, then you're back to Watson. You know, his career win-loss record is like 29 and 36. Well, yeah, the, the thing is, when you if you get someone like Watson, you can't, you have to make sure that the, you know, the core, the, like, 
the best parts of your team are mostly still intact. You can't just give up all those assets to get this guy because then he's just in the same position that he was with the Texans. And, you know, for as good as he is, this is this is football. And one player, you know, one player can make a difference in like two or three wins. You know, look at someone like Stefan Dix or, or, mm-hmm. or Dalvin Cook when he's on the field. They make a difference. Um, but when you don't have other players in your offense that can help you out or people that can block for you, which the Vikings don't. Um, Deshaun Watson isn't going to make that much of a difference no matter if he's Superman or not. Like, Yeah, because it would just be a Texans redo. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you would have to make sure that whatever you're giving up isn't going to you know just make it him in the same situation because then he's, he's just going to want to leave again and you've yeah. given up stuff to get him and you have to get rid of him. Yeah. So, but... Um, oh, before we get to some Vikings talk, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you if you saw, you talked about the Lions and their crazy coach. Did you see oh. his uh, <laughs> intro yeah. press conference? Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. Uh, my <laughs> reaction to that is, um, so, I mean, all the power to him. You can do that. <laughs> Who cares? It's not my coach. Uh, but he probably needs to, in order to get away with that, that bombastic like goofy stuff he probably needs to be a damn good coach first and then we can all pile on and say oh gosh that's campbell for vintage campbell he's terrific we love him when he says stuff like that but when you're an unknown it just Mm -hmm. sounds like you just smoked some crack and started you know talking on a mic i mean it's like a jesse ventura feel to it like you kind of look very it was very yeah i mean jesse ventura that's how he won the governorship in uh, 1998 is he would say stuff like that but people loved it it was like that that trump phenomenon like they couldn't get enough of Doing promo. Yeah. And so, I mean, in my core, in my heart of hearts, I don't have a problem that he was weird. Uh, I mean, Vikings will still beat him, but um, I was going to say, should we we be afraid of the Lions now, of of biting the Vikings? No, no. And I wasn't even afraid of them. Maybe they have to wear knee pads now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. You got to watch those, the nibbles. Uh, But the thing, I tweeted this last night, and this is not intended to be disrespectful to Matt Stafford. Like, but of all the quarterbacks that I perceive as pretty damn good, like in my life, uh, Stafford is the one that I fear the least. Like, I know some, he's some good. people think he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I know I, he's good. I don't. He, and he's had good moments against the Vikings, a couple of them. And uh, he just feels like Drew Bledsoe, where he's good. <laughs> and that's one of it, these years, maybe, he, yeah, one of these years, he can probably get on a perfect team. And they can make a run and win it. And, you know, everybody will say Stafford finally got his ring. But as a standalone asset, if you put him on the Vikings, I think we're in the exact same spot. And if you oh, put yeah. Kirk on the Lions, I think they're in the exact same spot. Yeah. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. Yeah. For some reason, Stafford has this sympathy towards him and this likability, which Cousins is mostly not afforded. He must, he must win in primetime or something. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not afraid of them. Um, no. Not they're all, they're probably going through. They're going to be going through a rebuilding process. If they're getting rid of Stafford, they're probably just trying to clean house. Yeah. So I'm really interested now. Get all Patricia's guys out of there. <laughs> yeah. All his New England castoffs. I'm super intrigued to see what they do with their pick. I mean, yeah, they got a new GM though. Uh, I think he's a first time GM. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how he goes about things. I mean, they got they have some some stuff to look forward to, but. Uh, or well, some of I just dudes, look. I look at Dan Campbell and I'm like, 
okay so eric like a uh, like a bad rap on eric b enemy is like that he's a terrible interviewer and i'm like i'm looking at i'm listening to that press conference and i'm like this this guy is the guy who blew the lions away like <laughs> over eric b enemy he's he's the guy um so i'm just like i, I don't know I'm also curious when Campbell goes out, you know, before the press for the first time, does he clear it with management to say, hey, I'm going to say weird stuff. I'm going to say, you know, curse words. I'm sure or, he said or, stuff like that in the interview. Yeah. Or they just say, go out and be you. You can get away yeah. with profanity this this day and age. He's Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I want to know if I'm curious if executives, uh, if they have to run that by leadership to say, "Hey, I'm going to be me. Are you okay with it? It's going to be. It's going to get weird." <laughs> I wonder yeah, he, if they he, have to do that. He walked in uh, what, the little little Martha Ford or whatever her name is that owns Lions. Like, hi, Miss. <laughs> can I can I say I'm going to bite people's kneecaps off? Like, is that okay? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So enough about the Lions. Uh, let's get to th- let's, let's talk about some Vikings on the Vikings podcast. Um, so last time you were here, Gary Kubiak. Did not officially retire yet, but earlier this week he did. So, meaning the Vikings officially need a, a new offensive coordinator. Um, so, I got a three-part question for you. Yep. Who would you? Who do you want to be the Vikings' next OC? Who do you think will actually get the job? And who do you absolutely not want to see get the Vikings' uh, offensive coordinator job? Oh, okay. So, I <laughs> am on record of being a a Zimmer guy in the sense that. I, I enjoy the stability he's brought to the franchise, and I firmly believe that we can break through and win a Super Bowl with his uh-huh. tutelage. Uh-huh. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that I endorse everything that he does. I would love for the Vikings to go out and be you know, creative with their offensive coordinator search. And doesn't that, for me, I don't care about the sexy young offensive coordinator. I don't care how old he is. I mean, the quarterbacks <laughs> or the coaches that are going to the Super Bowl this year are like 65 and 60 or whatever mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. Older than that, I think. Uh, so if they wanted to look into um, uh, offensive coordinator, I don't, I don't know if Doug Peterson is a fit. But if they want to go somebody that will actually you know, be a pass-first dude and actually do it right, unlike Filippo, or a guy that likes the motion that everybody craves. I have no problem with that. I just, I don't, I try to taper the excitement. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kubiak yeah. was this dream come true for Zimmer, a guy yeah. that could run the ball and then make it effective. So, Stefanski, had, too. Say what? Stefanski, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, Stefanski was probably perfect for, you know, because Zimmer had trained him, so to he speak. He ran even he more than, than Kubiak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forget about that, that the Browns ran the ball more than the Vikings. But, yeah. no, Stefanski can do no wrong because he's he's departed <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, so, I would have no qualms if they go outside Egan to find the offensive yeah. coordinator. But I do think it will be Clint Kubiak, yeah. and it's not because that's his last name. It's because he was introduced to the Vikings in 2013, and then he went and joined his dad in Denver thereafter, and then he came back. No, his dad was not the coach. His dad was not the coach in Denver? He retired right before Kubiak. Oh. I think he, he moved to the, the front office. Oh, okay. Um, okay. My so, fault. Because when they, no, well, I, I thought that too, but when I was looking up stuff on, on Clint Kubiak, I noticed that when Gary Kubiak was hired by the Vikings in 2019, and he brought Clint with him, that was the first time they've actually been on the same oh, coaching really? staff. Okay. So... He's actually, so, as much as people want to be like, oh, nepotism and everything, it's like, they actually haven't been on the same coaching staff <laughs> yeah. uh, until recently. Yeah, and that and that he had history with the Vikings before Gary even sniffed the yeah. organization. Right. So so that, that that's cool that, uh, you know, he was a Viking before Kubiak had anything to do with it. And then the fact that he has squeezed out the two best years of Kirk Cousins' career mm-hmm. um, so far, 
I think that it's time for him to get a gig. You know, he he's uh, coached Cousins to 107.4 passer rating last year, 105 this year. Pretty good. And I think that hey, it's he's the young guy, and we always want to try the young guy. Why not try our young guy? Was he 33? Uh, I think. And just because his last name is Kubiak doesn't mean he's going to be the exact same thing as his father. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he might he might actually be better because yeah, he, yeah. he's younger. And then so I, I think it, if you're going to be diplomatic about it in terms of what Vikings fans want, it blends both things beautifully. Right. You've got the Kubiak crowd that said uh, this team finished fourth in the league in yards. Why mm-hmm. was this bad? Mm-hmm. And then you have the folks that are like, yeah, but I want the young guy who's creative and does like the Philly special. <laughs> and so now you can maybe get that with the young Kubiak and he happens to be the son of the other guy. And uh, usually when Kubiak fades into the background it's not by very much so uh perhaps he is retained in that special role like he was with Stefanski or uh, maybe he is just uh, gone for good but I think it will be Kubiak um who do I absolutely not want I I don't think that the dudes that make me cringe like Adam Gase (laughs) I was gonna say Daryl Bevel uh but I think he already got hired I think Yeah. yeah yeah the Jaguar? The ones that have left a sour taste in my mouth a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, I think even Anthony Lynn could, you know, do something he got, with this. He got off. hired. He's, he did too? Um, the Lions. Anthony Lynn? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't I wasn't up on that. Uh, well, then it's slim picking, so it's going to be Clint yeah. Kubiak. Yeah, I think um, Zimmer has learned from his experience with Filippo, So he's not going to, one, he's not going to rush this and... Even if he likes some guy and thinks he's a new, you know, young hot thing or whatever, he's he's still gonna like be like, okay, just so you know, when you're the offensive coordinator, you still have to listen to me, and we want to run the ball. So I don't care if you want to pass on first and five or whatever you want to do. We're gonna run the ball. Um, I do think it's gonna be Clint Kubiak. I think that's just a smart thing to do as far as continuity and everything. And he's probably gonna run similar system to what the Vikings ran last year, if not the same, which is what you want. You know, look at a team like yeah. the Saints and uh, the Chiefs. They've just team. I think around the league, you can underestimate how much continuity has to do with, with yeah. team success. Look at, look at the Patriots and, and Tom Brady and how, how, how long he had Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator and, and everything like that. Obviously, he was successful with the, the Bucks, but Tom yeah. Brady's not someone people should be comparing everything to. Anyways, um, I threw out I this think, idea. I think we've I think we've seen some adaptation from Zimmer that we don't give him a lot of credit for. For uh, sure. Yep, I think he's going for it on fourth down to. Oh, get with for the sure, time. he's definitely more willing. Yep, and I think I think there are situations that he he throws more so than he would like because he knows that he has a quarterback that can do it. Yeah. So I I take a slight issue with the, the mentality that, oh, he's stuck in the 70s and he just wants to be. I love so. when people ask him, though, after games, like, oh, what did you do that because of analytics? Like, did you go for it on fourth and down, fourth down and whatever? And he's like, no, I went for it because I wanted to. Like, yeah. I didn't I didn't look at the num- I didn't have time to look at the analytics in the middle of the game, <laughs> like if I should go for it or not. Yeah. So I mean even throwing 53% of the time what which they did this season that's a lot for a Zimmer team and yeah. we we are even with Devin Cook out there. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. If if you are optimistic about this Vikings and you're not entrenched in Fire Zimmer everything that's every tweet you send is about Fire Zimmer. If that's you listening, okay, I get it. Uh but 
Zimmer is mentally equipped to coach a defense to a top five unit in the league. We've seen it three times, 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, and 2019. That, coupled with what we had this year, is what we need. Yeah. If you can have an offense that uh, puts up the third most points in franchise history behind 98 and 2009, and then somehow, with some health from returned players like Hunter and Barr and Kendricks and all of them, Pierce, we just need to find one year when Dan both Slur, are good. Gladney. Yeah, we just need one year uh, when both of those components mm-hmm. are you know, upper echelon. And I'm telling you, you will get further than you expect. Uh, because teams that rank in that parameter in both that have that balance, those are the teams that play late January football. Yeah. Um, I think Zimmer, we, we talked about how, you know, the Vikings had a bad start last year as well. You know, and yeah. Diggs, Diggs was freaking out or whatever, and they were able to recover and, and get back on track and make the playoffs. And Mike Zimmer had a lot to do with that. Yeah. And I don't think people give him enough credit for that. Um, I think people are quick to, to jump on him because he's he's older, so you know he's not going to want to do you know any of the the new stuff or or make adjustments. He makes tons of adjustments. Yeah. You know, it might be might be you, you notice it more on the defensive side of the ball because that's what he's in charge of. But like, even mid game halftime, he, the defense comes out and they're running something totally different. Um, that's why a lot of times you see. Like early in the game, you'll see the Vikings kind of maybe giving up more points or more yards than you would think they were going to. And then halftime, they completely yeah. shut down the offense because they're like, oh, they're just doing this every time. We're just going to shut yeah. them down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then it goes back to like uh, last year when we beat the Saints in the Superdome, like lining up Daniil Hunter and never uh-huh. on the inside of the line. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff you're going to tell your grandkids about. <laughs> but I had this, I had this theory that I wrote about last week how, you know, Eric Bianami is getting passed over. By all these jobs, and we don't know if he's going to get hired by the Texans or not. That could happen. Actually, that's, he's going to have to wait two more weeks, so that's going to happen. Um, but I threw it out because he's going to be attached to Andy Reid for for as long as he stays there. And people are going to be like, "Oh, he doesn't call plays. He's not the he's not the brains behind that offense." So I'm like, "Why doesn't he go to the Vikings? They have the players in place. They have." a quarterback that can do what he needs to do. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Dalvin Cook. He's got all these weapons. He's not going to like the Jaguars or something where he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. He can go there, show that he can run an offense all by himself without Andy Reid, you know, his help. Then, you know, teams are fighting over him in a year. Or oh, or, or, yeah. or or the Vikings are like, hey, if we win a Super Bowl in two years, you're the head coach. Or, you know, if, if we struggle next year and we need, feel like we need to move on from Zimmer, you're the head coach. So, like... But how are you going to... So, you'd have to convince... Right. You'd, you'd obviously have to convince him, probably you know, give him a, yeah. quite a bit of nice amount of money. But I And mean, he has ties here. Wasn't he the running back coach? Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, they get Vikings gave him his first NFL job. Um, yeah. As a coach. So... That one's... It's just... It's a tricky tricky sell. Like, in a screenplay sure. or something, or in a fiction, that sounds perfect. I mean, it sounds very astute, because then he could say, like, we know this Zimmer guy doesn't do anything with the offense, so look, <laughs> right. look at me here. Right. Like, he doesn't care about the offense, in fact. Uh, so look at me over here, and look what I can do. Um, and I understand, you know, people saying, like, oh, why would you want to leave Kansas City? I completely understand that. Why would you want to leave Kansas yeah. City? Like, but... He said he wants to be head coach, and I just think if he stays, if he doesn't get this Texans job and he gets passed over again, seven jobs, this is now, what, like three years in a row where people are like, he should get a head coaching job. 
and he doesn't because people are like, well, he what does he do for the Chiefs? Like, we don't really know. Um, so I just think this would be a way for him to go to an offense, be on his own, have, you know, weapons to work with and show that he can be that, you know, great offensive coordinator that people say he is in Kansas city and then get a head coaching job. Yeah. That he'll be like teams will, would fire their head coach to have him be their head yeah. coach. That's what I, I often thought that if Mike Tomlin got, uh, unexpectedly fired for one of these eight and eight years that, uh, Vikings fans and maybe even the ownership would fire Zimmer just to get Tomlin. In the <sighs> um, I don't know if I would have a problem with that. No, I don't think I would either. Just because <laughs> he's so, what is he only in 50 he's, now? Or is he even that? Had, I don't think he's, the Steelers have ever had a losing record under him. Yeah. Never. They've missed the playoffs, but they've never had a losing record. They're one of those teams that I, I think I uh, talked about on one of these shows recently that, uh, in the defense of the Vikings seven and nine, that good teams when they have bad years, yeah. they go seven and nine or eight and eight. And, eight and eight. We, we as Vikings fans don't agree with that. We're like, no, we know this is we're stuck in mediocrity, and we always do the same thing. Uh, and I'm telling you, when the Saints, Ravens, Chiefs, um, Steelers, when they have a mm-hmm. down year, whether it's injuries or uh, you know just a turnover in roster personnel. A bad year for those teams that are uh, structurally sound is about seven, nine, or eight, and eight. And yeah. look, look what the Vikings did in a year that caused us so much pain. They ended up seven and nine. So I think realistically, I, if BNME is passed on again, um, then you better get ready for BNME to the Vikings if Zimmer goes pear shaped in 2021. Mm-hmm. For sure. If we start out three and four, or God, pretty much one and oh and one. Uh, we're gonna hear about oh, uh, you know, yeah. oh, <laughs> we're gonna hear about let's get this Zimmer guy out of town and let's hire Bienemy. Um, and but in I think that Zimmer this is his make or break year. If they if they make the playoffs, oh, for sure he'll he'll finish out his contract. But if we are in that uh, you know professed mediocrity, then I think this will be it. And then boom, if the enemy's there, then yeah, let's try it. He's he has those ties to Minnesota, presumably still intact. And then we can try the offensive minded head coach thing. But uh, I tell you what, I will miss the defense because in pretty much any season, if you have a good defense, you're going to be in the thick of things. Yeah. Don't, don't factor out Zimmer retiring too, because he's pretty old and yeah, not known for having, for taking care of, you know, his health. Um, <laughs> putting that first above football. I think he gets like 45 minutes of sleep at night. So, um, but yeah, and you're talking about how teams, you know, the good teams, seven and nine or eight and eight, like there's a reason why they say football is a game of inches because like the slightest thing will make a difference between you finishing 11 and five or seven and nine. And so, um, yeah, I, I think Zimmer is a great coach. He's been a great coach for the Vikings and, I have no problem with them sticking with him. Yes, I do agree. He will probably be on the hot seat next year. Um, hopefully, you you can hear my son. He's he hearing me talking about Mike Zimmer potentially leaving, so that's why he's crying in the background. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, so I, I like Mike Zimmer, and I I, uh, I think to get back to our original talking point that, that Clint Kubiak is probably going to be the guy. Yeah. Um, but that'll be it for tonight. We talked a lot. Um, a little bit about the Vikings. So um, Well, we tied it in here and there. And if, <laughs> we, you, if these are these are true. Oh, who do you, who do you got who do you got in the Super Bowl? Oh, oh man. I mean I mean you're a Brady guy, so Well, I was I was telling my wife before the show, like uh 
I can't imagine, you know, if, if I was a gambler betting against Patrick Mahomes, but then you turn around Tom about Brady, ready to yeah. yeah, about ready to put your wager down and like am I really going to bet against Brady? Uh, I think ultimately it seems it's in Tampa, too, right? Yeah. What? Ultimately it's probably two story book for the Chiefs to be silenced in this dynasty that's budding or has already blossomed. Yeah, um they're so, very good. Yeah, if I had to, you know, bet a mortgage payment on it, I'd probably say the Chiefs. But I will be cheering my rear end off for the the Buccaneers. There's no doubt about it. I think the Chiefs had the same defensive coordinator um, that the Giants had when they beat the Patriots in their two Super Bowls. So that'll be, uh, I'm sure that, uh, Spagnuolo. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that'll be a a storyline going into. uh, Yeah, I'm I'm getting ready for all the Rodgers stuff this week. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he he overrated? I'm sure Stephen A. Smith will have something to say or or somebody like that. some outrageous take that. Well, that'll be that. I can't remember Cal Skip Hurd, Bayless. Hurd. If he, I can't remember if Skip Bayless is a pro Rogers guy. But that, I tell you what, the, the last thing that is. I'll say is yeah. he. The last thing I'll say is that uh, that at first when I saw the the tweets about Rogers press conference, I was like, come on, do we have to react every single time like this? And then I watched it and I was yeah. like, holy crap, he's somber. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, it can just be immediately after the game, guys. Yeah. Just they're down because they're like, we thought we were. Going to the Super Bowl, but obviously that didn't happen. So, but so that, I'll, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs, but I do not want them to win. I am yeah. uh, for the Buccaneers. I think yeah, I'm gonna. It's weird because it's like the Bucks are playing at home, but the stadium's not going to be full. Yeah, it's, then you think about like travel and stuff, how they don't have to do all that. Yeah, if you want to stay do, at their home, do a little bit of irony, like the the first time in how many are we at fifty. 55, 50, yeah, something like that. 55 Super Bowls. Uh, the first one where the home team gets to, ho- or the home Vikings, team is hosting it. close. Yep. The first Vikings. time the home team is hosting it is when it's during a pandemic and the crowd is reduced. Right. So it's like the, the cosmos were like, nah, bro, we're, we're going to, we're going to doctor this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be interesting to watch, but that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, make sure to sub- subscribe to the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to Dustin's podcast, the Believe in Vikings podcast. Yeah, we got Pat Williams on this this Thursday. Oh, big Pat. Yep. Half of the one half of the Williams wall. Indeed. That'll be fun. He's a former Bill too, so I'm Yeah, we were hoping any... uh, the Bills would pull it out so that we could ch- chat with him, but uh I think I think I gotta I'll run it by McKinney one more time, but I think the following week we'll have Antoine Winfield Senior on. So, oh, so he, he might have something to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, that'd be fun. Check that out. The Believe in Vikings podcast with Dustin and uh, former Vikings uh, offensive lineman Bryant McKinney, and then follow Dustin on Twitter at Dust Baker. He tweets a couple stats, you know, once in a while. Hour. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so go uh, check that out. Um, but as always, with Dustin, with you, I just need you to give me a score. Oh! Say goodbye. 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.